I had a laundry list of things that I wasn't going to do. I was like, okay, when I get married, it's going to be one time. It's not going to be three times. I'm going to marry the right woman. When I become a dad, I'm going to be a freaking amazing dad because I know what it feels like not to have one. So I was focusing on all the things that I'm not going to be. Well, guess what? I was being those things. So I wasn't toxic, abusive, alcoholic, anything like that, but I really wasn't what you would say into fatherhood. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. Sometimes the most important thing we learn from our parents is what not to do when we become parents ourselves. Today, I am incredibly grateful to have my friend and mentor, Larry Hagner, on this week's Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. After experiencing a tumultuous childhood with an absent father and a barrage of abusive and toxic male figures, Larry decided he would be everything his father wasn't. He would be the best dad, the best husband, and the best role model possible. That desire for excellence is what propelled him to start the Dad Edge, formerly known as the Good Dad Project, where he empowers men to create legendary marriages, epic connections with their kids, master their personal finances, optimize their physical, mental, and emotional health, and forge a strong legacy for generations. In this candid conversation, Larry opens up about his contentious relationship with his biological father. We delve into the power of the Dad Edge movement and community, how to effectively and efficiently manage relationships, the art of conversational excellence, the key to having an extraordinary marriage, seemingly simple steps you can take right now to engage with your loved ones, and much more. As a husband, a father, a business owner, and a hard-charging dude myself, I found this conversation deeply inspiring And I hope it compels you to reflect on your own relationships so that you can live legendary and become the best person for your family, your community, and your future. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Here's Larry. Larry Hagner, welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. What is up, brother? Nothing much, my man. It's good to see you as always. Good to see you weekly and... uh... This is awesome, man. Thank you so much for this beautiful invite, man. I'm honored. Thank you for being here. It truly is an honor to have you here. I'm excited to have the opportunity, despite the fact that I do get to see you uh, somewhat weekly as part of your Dad Edge group. um, We haven't had much of an opportunity to really connect one-on-one. And so being a podcast host, uh, this is an opportunity for me to bring the fire, have you share your knowledge and wisdom with our amazing audience as well as give me the opportunity to truly connect with someone that I deeply respect. And so let's dive in. We've got a a tremendous amount of of mothers and fathers, health-minded, conscious individuals that listen to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. But I don't know if, if they know what the dad edge is. I don't know if they necessarily know who you are. And so maybe you could just jump in and give us a little bit of background about who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for that. And and I'm honored to be on this podcast. And anytime I can talk about, you know, a few passions that I have, one of them being a father, one being a husband, 
and one being the healthiest versions of ourselves, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, my background, my actually undergrad degree is in fitness and sports medicine with a minor in nutrition. Before I started, you know, Dad Edge, my goal was to go into corporate wellness. Um, mm. that, that's what I was going to do. And I had such a drive and a passion for it. But how, you know, Dad Edge, who, who I am and what it is, Dad Edge really got started, man, because like it really kind of came from my childhood, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, my mom and biological father were married for like, I think a handful of years, three or four years, you know, then they had me, they got married very young, like 21. And then they had me. Uh, and then nine months after I was born, they got divorced and it was a really ugly, bitter divorce. And my dad just kind of like left. And I think he tried to have a relationship with me, try, and it just wasn't really working out. It's just a really bitter divorce. I, I have no recollection of him whatsoever. And then when I was four, I literally remember this like it was yesterday. I know we're going back a few years, but I literally remember like being in preschool and I remember like dads coming to pick up their kids from school. And I remember like this one guy, he had blonde hair and he wore a suit and he picked up his son every day, who was a friend of mine. I knew what a dad was. So like I had this picture in my mind, like dads, moms go out and find dads. Like dads weren't ever in the picture to begin with. Like that's how I understood it. So the first time my mom actually brought home a man, I'll never forget it. Uh, she had been dating him. I think they met at work. And my, my mom told me that day, she's like, Hey, I'm going to have a good friend of mine over for dinner. He's a very special friend of mine. I really want you to meet him. Like I, you know, I, I think he's a very nice man. And like, but in my mind, I was like, Oh my God, she did it. She found the dad. Mm -hmm. Right. So this guy comes walking in our front door and I'll never forget it. He's wearing a trench coat, a three piece suit, double Windsor tie, mustache, feathered hair. I mean, and he just like walks in and I just remember like feeling this feeling of like, Oh my gosh, like that's, that's a dad. Right. Mm -hmm. And I shook this guy's hand. And the very first thing that I asked him was, are you going to be my dad? And like, I had like this beaming smile. And I just remember like the feeling of like the oxygen being sucked out of the room and like mm -hmm. awkward laughing. Six months later, they got married. I think my mom kind of took that as a sign. Right. They got married. Uh, they were only together for about six years and they got divorced when I was 10. And what I can tell you is in that six year span, Every year that they were together, it just got worse and worse and worse. I think my mom like literally married him like out of obligation. I don't think she ever really loved him. And they just kind of, to be honest, like destroyed each other. Like they drank a lot. They fought a lot. Cops were called to my house. I was beaten. I was yelled at, you know, I was thrown down. I mean, my mom was, was hit a lot. It was not a fun time. And I'll never forget when I was 10, they got divorced, he left and I never saw him again. And I'll never forget in that, that 10 year old space, I was like, man, this really sucks. I don't have a dad, but at the same time, I don't have to listen to them fight. So that's kind of a relief. But I started asking my mom, like lots of questions, like, wait a second, this dude didn't come into our lives until I was four. And I now know about the birds and the bees. So where right. did I come from? Right. And my mom was like, well, I was married before and I had no idea. And so she told me that I had this dad. And I was like, well, my first question was like, well, where is he? Why don't we see him? Like, I, mm -hmm. I want to meet him, you know? And my mom was like, we don't see him. So two years later, as fate would have it, I won't get into the details out of, out of time, but I met him and it was not on purpose. It was accidental. He only lived three miles from our house, which was kind of crazy and surreal. So immediately, man, like when, when I met him, like I immediately started calling him dad and he was remarried at the time, had a two-year-old son, another one on the way. And I was, dude, I was so excited. And he, I saw him every week. He would come to my like little league baseball games and basketball games and that kind of thing. And about six months into our relationship, I just noticed things had kind of changed. 
I mean, I'm 12. I couldn't put my finger on it. Right. The best way I describe the feeling, and it makes a lot of sense to men and people now, is that what it felt like being around him in that last month of that six-month stint was much like the feeling you get when you're dating somebody and they're not into you anymore yeah. and they're going to break up with you. You know it's coming, but they haven't told you yet. And I remember picking up the phone at 12 years old, calling him and being like, Hey man, like, is everything okay? Like, I just kind of like get this feeling like something's not right. And to be honest, Ben, I don't know what words were said. All I know is the end of that phone call was the end of our relationship and it killed me. And I just went into a complete disaster direction after that. Not like terrible, like drugs or alcohol or anything like that, but school, I kind of gave up on school. I failed the eighth grade, had to do eighth grade all over again. From a fitness standpoint, I was a disaster. I emotionally over eight, got really heavy, went to high school, turned my life around a little bit. 17 years old, I actually found fitness. That was actually a beautiful release for me. Um, my mom continued to date and marry three times. She married three times, but there was a revolving door of toxic partying, alcoholic men constantly. They were a part of my life. I think by the time I was like 17, 18 years old, I think I was like so freaking done with my mom's dating habits and these choices of men that I'm just like, y'all are disasters. And when I went away to college, haven't moved back home since, met my wife who I'm married to now, most amazing individual. We're celebrating 20 years, but here's where, you know, everything sort of pivots, right? So fast forward to I'm 30, I'm selling medical devices surgical devices, been had been in that industry for about five years, married to Jessica for three years, pregnant with our first son. I'm in a Starbucks for a business meeting with my team. And who comes walking in for his morning coffee? My father, the mm. one I had, I had not seen since I was 12. I knew exactly who he was when he walked in, just a little older, a little rounder. And uh, yeah, I, but this is like, what, 18 years later? 18 years, yeah. Man. So um, I'm sitting there and one of the women on my team, I was actually very good friends with. And so she kind of knew that story. I'm sitting there and suddenly she kind of looks at me. She's like, Hey, hello. Are you still here? Like, you look like you're seeing a ghost. I'm like, like, sorry. I was like, you're not going to believe this. And she's like, what? I was like, my father just walked in here to get his morning coffee, I think. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, yeah, my my father's in here. She's like, like the one you haven't seen since you were 12. I'm like, yeah. She's like, where is he? I was like, he's right, right over there. And she like looked at me, like she got all excited. I was not excited. And she's like, oh my God, what are you going to go say to him? I was like, uh, nothing. I'm not going to say anything to him. And she's like, you're going to let your dad walk out of here without saying it. you haven't seen him in 18 years. I'm like, yeah, that's the plan. Last time I talked to him, he basically told me like, we're done here. It's like, I have no desire to talk to him. Without another word, man, she just got up and went over to him and which really freaked me out. I was like, oh my God, what is she doing? What is she saying? What's about to happen? Do I run? Do I go to the bathroom? Like what's about to happen? Suddenly he gets up, comes over, humbly walks over, extends his hand. And he's like, you know, Hey, how, how are you doing? And I'm like, it's kind of like, look at him. I'm like, fine. How are you? And I wasn't an ass, but I wasn't nice. I was like right in the middle. And one thing led to another. He's like, you know, we, we should get together sometime. And I'm like, I'm like, sure. I was like, here's my card. I was, and this is where I kind of was like, I just left it up to him. I was like, here's my card. You want to get in touch with me? This is the way to do it. 
And I just remember walking out of that Starbucks being like, I'm never going to hear from him. Mm-hmm. And the next day I got like this freaking long email, man. Like just basically the, it was a humble email of living with regret and wanted to explore what it would look like for us to have a relationship. So here we are 17 years later, I have a relationship with my dad, two younger half brothers. He's still married to the same woman has been for the past 40 plus years. But here's where dad edge got started. All that experience growing up, all these toxic men, you know, abuse and emotional abuse. And I'm not saying that out of pity, but I had a laundry list of things that I wasn't going to do. I was like, okay, when I get married, it's going to be one time. It's not going to be three times. I'm going to marry the right woman. When I become a dad, I'm going to be a freaking amazing dad because I know what it feels like not to have one. And here's what I can tell you, a laundry list of things of what not to do. You know this because you're in our group and you know the language we use, what we focus on grows. So I was focusing on all the things that I'm not going to be. Well, guess what? I was being those things. So I wasn't toxic, abusive, alcoholic, anything like that. But I really wasn't what you would say into fatherhood. Like I was sort of half in, half out. I was physically there, not mentally, emotionally there. My, my marriage was mediocre. Like we were making it, but it wasn't like what I wanted. Dad Edge got started at a, probably the, one of the darkest moments of me as a father. Um, I always told myself I will never hit my children out of anger, ever. Spanking, no. Slapping, no. Nothing. My four-year-old, who's 15 now, stepped out of line as any four-year-old would. I had a really bad day that day at, at work. I lost my number one customer, which was going to impact our income for the next 18 months. I was in a really pissed off, foul mood. And Mason stepped out of line. And I reacted and I spanked him. And right when I spanked him, I knew it was the wrong thing to do. And he kind of lost his footing. I didn't hit him that hard, but I hit him enough to where like he lost his footing and he fell. And dude, seeing my four-year-old fall. I've told this story a million times, man. I still, I still can't get that look out of my head of what it looked like to see him topple over. And immediately I knew exactly what I had done. And I was like, Oh my God. And I went to go pick him up and dude, he put his hands up like this and like shook his hands. Like, like he was freaking afraid of me, man. Like I was this monster, which in that moment I was to him. And in that moment, I not only saw my son who is scared of me, but I saw me with all the crazy crap and abuse that I went through. And I was like, what, what am I doing here? Like, what is going on? This is not the guy I want to be. That was it. That's all it took. And it was that night I started the Good Dad Project, which is now the Dad Edge, which is basically at that moment, I was like, I'm done, man. I'm I'm done trying to wing this. I'm done trying to figure this out. I'm going to learn how to do this. And I'm going to treat it at the time I started looking at things like, why am I good at my job at sales? Well, it's because I've taken every freaking course known to man of how to be mm-hmm. a better consultant. At the time I was doing martial arts. I'm like, well, why am I good at martial arts? I have a mentor, I have a community. I'm learning every single week. Why am I decent at fitness? It's because I have a four-year degree in it. Why do I know what to eat and what not to eat? It's because I have a minor in nutrition. I've been trained. So what have I done with fatherhood? What have I done with marriage? Nothing. I have not learned a thing. I'm literally winging it. So no wonder I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So that was it. Dad Edge has started and always will be a learning 
platform, a learning community where we never have it all figured out. We're always learning. We're always refining. We're always the student, you know, just trying to be better. But that's how it all started. It definitely didn't come with sunlight hitting my face and some epiphany. I appreciate you sharing that, Larry. It's a powerful story. And, you know, what I think is exemplary about what you've created, um, and I'm sure you've had so many different permutations of of Dad Edge over the years. What, what year did you guys start? It was 2012. Good? 2012. So now, what, 11 years later, I'm, I'm assuming being a business owner myself, you know, starting something that you have no idea what it's going to look like, what it should like, especially in a, an industry that is so intangible. Like when we talk about business and you talk about sales, it's easy to have you know, objective and quantifiable metrics. Same goes for nutrition and fitness to some degree, but to really venture into sort of this unknown territory, especially for men of, of trying to create something that's so unquantifiable in nature, so subjective in nature of, I know what I want to create, but I don't know what it looks like. What did that journey look like in those initial years? Yeah, to be, it's kind of funny you ask that. So it started as a Facebook page. Like that's literally like, I remember that night uh, that it happened. I went into my office and I was scrolling through social media as like tears were coming out of my eyes because I just wanted to distract myself from what I just did. And I'll never forget seeing that, that button in the left-hand corner that said, create a page. And I was like, create a page. So I clicked it. And it said, what do you want to name your page? And the words, the good dad project, I didn't even think about it. I just put it out there. And that was like this surrender of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to learn something new every day. I'm going to learn something new every day. And I'm just going to put it here for accountability. I never did it for a following. I never did it to start a movement. Never did it to start an organization. I did it to learn. 2013, I was like, you know, maybe I could blog about this. So I started gooddadproject.com. After two years of blogging, I was like, I want to have conversations with people. I don't want to blog anymore. And that's where the podcast started. Podcast started eight years ago. Again, I was just like, it was therapy, right? It was learning. I got to talk to people on the podcast and still do eight years later that are way smarter than I am when it comes to their craft. So I get to learn front row seat to have been invaluable education as far as I'm concerned. It wasn't until 2015, I joined my first mastermind and I didn't even know what a mastermind was. And as soon as I started surrounding myself with other like-minded and it was a business owner mastermind and it was good Christian men, I didn't know what a mastermind was, but I was like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take a shot on this. And I was floored. My experience with that was so positive, almost to the point where I was like, where has this been all my life? Like, this is unreal, like that I can get insight. People can see my blind spots. I can get points in the right direction. I can actually help other people too, because I, right. I have strengths too. And then it wasn't until 2016, I was a part of that mastermind. I started thinking to myself, I was like, what if I started something for fathers and husbands, right? Just to help them with marriage and parenting and mindset and patience and all these things that we struggle with. So I did. I, I'll never forget our first group. I contacted, I think, 16 people that were, I knew were following the podcast that were supporters. And I just told them, I was like, hey, 
I'm starting this thing. Here's my idea around it. You want to be a part of it? Every single person said yes. And at the time, it was a three-month program. And then a year later in 2017, we made it an ongoing program. We have been doing masterminds for men, husbands, and fathers for literally seven years now, which kind of blows my mind. I can't believe it's been that long. But um, now, I, I would have never thought in a million years I would leave a lucrative full-time job as a national sales director at a medical device company to go do something like this. But what I can tell you is that I don't regret doing making that decision whatsoever because Dad Edge has grown from a organization standpoint and community standpoint, movement standpoint, that I'm not worried about that. I get to do the work that I love, get to help men be better men, still continue to learn myself while also putting food on the table. So it's been an amazing journey and something that has been very pleasantly surprising because I didn't expect it to get here. What do you think, because obviously you share incredible content, you have a podcast, you have a blog, but you know you stipulated around the mastermind about men surrounding themselves with other men working to improve their marriage, to improve their relationships, to be a better father, you know, to be a better business owner. What's the significance and what have you observed around the power of being in those communities? Well, number one, we're, we're all putting our pants on the same way, right? When it comes to fatherhood and being married, like I can, I can show you, um, we, we have a guy who, who joined our group uh, this was a while back. And this is what I think is fascinating, right? Incredibly successful in business. Sold his company for $42 million. Like, think about that for a second. $42 million, guys, and he's 42 years old. And if you really think about that, at the time he was 42, if you really think about that, it's like every guy's dream, right? It's like, holy crap, I am financially free. In fact, mm-hmm. for generations to come, my family, whoever is behind, like we're all financially free for quite some, for, for quite this legacy money. And I'll never forget being on a, on, a, on a vetting call with him, a discovery call, because he wanted to join our group. And this man was in tears. And I was like, what's, what's wrong? Like he was telling me all the success he had in his business. And he's like, I have three boys. And they don't really know me. I would have given up all that money knowing that I could have created a better connection with my boys. And what I'll tell you is when it comes to being the man that we really want to be, the father we want to be, the husband we want to be, no one lays on their deathbed saying, I'm so glad I made $40 million and didn't spend time with my family. Everybody, unless they're a total moron, will tell you. I would have given it all up to have better relationships. But one of the things that will impact our mental and emotional and physical health is our relationships. You know, you can be the most fit guy in the world, but you can also be the most lonely guy in the world where your kids don't want nothing to do with you and neither does your wife. That's, I don't care how much of a six pack you have or the tough mutters that you can run or the athlete that you are, that, that is not a fun life, Right. You can actually have, though, what we call the trifecta, which is you can create and do the work that makes you come alive, whether you're a business owner in your career. You can create an extraordinary marriage and you can create an incredible connection with your kids. 
all three. You know, we call it having it all. You can do it. You just need the know-how to do it. You need the skill to do it. And that's what I think is so remarkable about the group and the opportunity that you've provided to men and, and, and parents in general and, and, and fathers and husbands is to learn how to do that. Like you said, you've, you've studied, you know, in order to be good at anything, you need to develop the skills and it would be ludicrous to expect that we go into parenthood, into marriage, automatically knowing how to be our best, or perhaps we can try and be our best, but we don't necessarily have the skills to uh, be as good, as effective as we could be in those relationships. And, you know, one of my observations around being in the group, but also just, you know, being in, in health and fitness, being a father, being a husband, is that there's this intangible balance or imbalance, if you will, of trying to be our best at every single one of those. And there's always a discrepancy in terms of how we're prioritizing things, what comes natural to us, what we're focused on at any given time. It's not unreasonable for me to be at the top of my game in health and fitness because it's something I've always done. It's not unreasonable for me to feel like I'm having a great quarter in business, and yet the low-hanging fruit there, the something that's being neglected is is my family, my relationships, you know, my relationship with my wife, how I'm showing up for my kids. And what I see consistently in talking with other husbands and fathers is, is that we are all on the same page. Like you said, we all put our pants on the same way. We look to media, to social media and say, wow, that guy really looks like he has it all together. They look like, you know, they they know what they're doing. And I think when it comes to these sort of conversations, you and I can acknowledge very clearly that none of us ever really feels like we have it all together. And if we're slain in one area of our life, oftentimes it means that there's another area that is potentially suffering, especially when we acknowledge that there's improvement to be made. Is that fair? That's totally fair. In fact, uh, this topic was just brought up at a, um, so I was on a TV show called Office Hours with David Meltzer. And I was interviewed by a panel of four highly successful entrepreneurs. And it, it was really, really cool to be interviewed by them and be on that show. And one of the topics that was brought up was exactly that. When I say that, it's like, what do you do? Like when you know, you have these seasons of absolute busyness, like, and one guy was even like, I have like, there's like a three month stretch where I have to go really hard in my business because it's seasonal. And then I find that I, you know, the, the trifecta that you're talking about, the other two legs take a bit of a beating, you know, my wife and then my kids and all that. And here's my response to that. You know, if you think of a pro fighter, a pro fighter is taught how to fight right? But he's also taught how to be super efficient and effective in the shortest amount of time, you know, and, and, but still win his fight. And what I mean by that is if a fighter's not trained for endurance and he's not trained to be effective with his punches and efficient with his energy, well, he's going to gas out in the first or second round. 
right? And then probably get beat, right? So you've got to learn to be effective and efficient. So, and the same thing can be said for this man's, you know, seasonal business, right? Or, or it's a season of busyness in general for anybody. If you know how to be efficient and effective in your marriage and with your kids, then guess what? Those two areas won't take as much of a beating if you hadn't done it otherwise. So like, let, let me give you an example. And I also think, here's the other thing too. I think it's good for our kids to see us at times work really, really hard. I've had to do that. And, and I think, and as long as you're communicating those things, like right. if I communicate to my kids, like, Hey, I don't have time to play catch with you today. Dad's got to work tonight. Well, of course my kid's probably going to be like, well, God, that really sucks, dad. Right? Yeah, it does. But if you say something along the lines of like, Hey, I can't play catch tonight, but around eight o'clock tonight, I can sit down and we can play a game together or we can, we can talk about our day. Right. And this is where you, where we train guys to have conversational excellence, right? We teach them a skill called generative questions on how to connect with their kids, right? And how to connect with your wife too. If a man knows how to use listening skills like tactical empathy with emotional labeling, if he knows the right voice tone, if he knows another skill set called generative questions where you have conversational excellence, well, guess what? Then you know, the time, the amount of time doesn't matter as much because you can be much more effective in a short window of time than a long, like there, the, the world is filled. Houses are filled with men, husbands, and fathers who were there four five, six hours every single night, but they might be vegged out on their phones. They might be drinking 16, yeah. six beers. They might be watching Netflix or football. They're not really engaged in their kids. However, if you can take 20 to 30 minutes and have a deep conversation with your kid, man, that will really move the needle. You know, really to hit this home, let me share this. I had a, a podcast guest on years ago named David Wygant. David Wygant was probably, you know, the world's first, I think, longest running dating coach. The movie Hitch with Will Smith was written and based on his life and what he does. And David talked about it when he came on the podcast, talked about his childhood with his dad. And he talked about like his dad would play with him, like play basketball with him every day after school for about 45 minutes, but he would do it in his slippers and robe with a glass of scotch in his hand. And he said he could always tell his dad truly there was a part of him that really didn't want to be there. Mm. He's like, so it wasn't the amount of time. Right. It's like, because if you really think about it, like the amount of time was substantial, but how I remember it is he really didn't want to be there. He's like, now if he would have put on his tennis shoes and taken off the robe and put on a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and put down the scotch and actually played with me for like 20 minutes, that would have been more effective than the 45 minutes of basically the message was he really doesn't want to be here. So I encourage men to think about this a little differently. You can be really effective. And even if your opportunities or your window of time is shorter than what you want it to be, but you can still be effective and still not make sure that those other two legs, you know, even in your busiest season of, of business, don't fall apart. Hey friends, quick pause in this episode for an exciting announcement. I'm thrilled to let you know that we've officially partnered with Fullscript to create our own very high-end quality supplement store. Fullscript is the number one online dispensary for professional grade supplements. And while we do have our own small retail shop for our complete essentials training formula, 
We're often asked for recommendations when it comes to products outside of those that we carry. Now, as you probably have realized, the internet is the wild west when it comes to supplements, and it's tough to find many of the best products from a reliable source and at an affordable price. I've heard many stories of people ordering something off Amazon and receive something completely different in the bottle, which can actually be quite dangerous when it comes to nutritional supplements. And so in the BSL Nutrition Full Script Dispensary, we've hand-selected a few dozen of our personal favorites, and we've broken them into easily searchable categories, including Ben's favorites. Now, the best part of this situation is that due to the buying power of groups, we're able to get you a 15% off retail pricing on the entire catalog of professional products in our shop. These are brands like Designs for Health, Biotics, Research, Biobotanical Research, Microbiome Labs, Seeking Health, and more. So just click on the Join BSL Nutrition Supplement Shop in the show notes to create your free account and place your first order. Orders over $50 receive free shipping on top of our 15% discount on everything. And just so you know, the criteria we use to determine what went into the shop is, is the product something we would recommend and or take ourselves and give to our kids? Is the product of the highest quality? And can we provide a lower cost than is available anywhere else on the web? Now, we sincerely hope this helps you save money and acquire the highest quality products for you and your family. And let's get back to the show. I think that simply giving yourself the opportunity and to acknowledge that these things need to be prioritized. You know, having grown up in a family where, you know, my father worked a lot for me and and Ness wasn't necessarily that present. I mean, of course he had his ways, but for me, for years and years and years, it became okay to sort of just be like disconnected because I was working or telling myself that I was working. Um, and doing something else to absolve myself necessarily of the responsibility of of being present to, to some degree or another, whether I was in you know graduate school or or studying or getting other mentorship or working on the business or, or whatever it was. And I think just being okay and acknowledging the areas of our life where we perhaps are not showing up at the highest level. And then giving ourselves the opportunity to start to prioritize those things and to be okay knowing that we're kind of going to suck at first of saying this is going to take me time and energy and effort to develop the skills so that I can be more effective, so that I can be more efficient, uh, so that I can show up in a bigger and better way, just as we would do with our health and fitness, just as we would do with areas of our business just as obviously we need to do with um, our marriage, with being a better parent. And I think that's perhaps one of the most challenging things, like I alluded to at the beginning, just around as humans, perhaps as hard-charging individuals like you and me and, and many of our listeners, is having quantitative metrics to be able to quote-unquote track progress is it's a seemingly intangible area of our life However, uh, you and I know how powerful it is when you do start to create these types of connections. And so I would, I would love if you'd be willing to talk a little bit about ways in which we can start to communicate a little more effectively uh, with 
our kids. I, I know there's a lot of listeners with young kids who we feel like we might be in situations where they're quote unquote not listening or we're yelling all of the time or they're just not doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. And then similarly around our marriage, I think a lot of people can feel stagnant, feel like they've lost that connection, or perhaps just a discomfort of feeling like two strangers now living under the same roof. I mean, all of this comes back to communication. What are some, obviously this is a huge topic, but what are some seemingly simple things that we can do to start to engage a little more fully? Sure. So I'll give you some detail and some background. I think of why all this stuff happens, right? But I'm also going to give you a really, really easy way. Just three questions that you can hang your hat on that you can you can use with which is, and this is just, as you know, because you're a part of our group, this is just scratching the surface. I really want your listeners to walk away with just something that um, is is easy, right? So let me let me just level set a few things here. Let's talk about marriage first. So I'll give you some statistics and these things are kind of scary, right? So everybody knows the divorce rate here in the US is 50% plus now. I think it's almost 51%. But here's what we don't know. Everybody knows that. Here's what we don't know. The 50% of couples that stay together are actually divided up into three camps equally, 33%, 33%, 33%. 1st camp is this one. The first camp is, hey, I'm actually really happy. Like I love her. She loves me. I love him. He loves me. It's great. I really wouldn't change a whole lot. Like things are good. And there's a common denominators within those couples. And this goes back to all the studies that John Gottman has done. He's like the pioneer of marriage. He's been in that game for 40 years. He's, I think he has studied over 4,000 married couples. He's got diehard data of what works for people and what doesn't, like what good couples do and what bad couples do. So that's the first camp. Second camp is, eh, it's okay. But basically settling, right? Intimacy is not all that great. Communication is not all that great. We're just sort of, we're kind of existing. We like each other, love each other, you know, but it's not like we have fire and passion really anymore, right? We're just sort of existing. Mm -hmm. That's camp number two. Camp number three is the scariest place to be. I, I almost think it's almost scarier than divorce. And that is zero connection. They're living individual lives. They're roommates. They don't talk. They basically pass like ships in the night. No sex, no intimacy whatsoever basically co-parenting and two reasons they don't get divorced is it's too financially devastating or their, their perception is we got to stay together for the kids until right. they move out. And then once, once they move out, we're out of here. So here's the common denominator with camp. Number one, camp, number one, number one, it's not because these people fell in love, like the Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams in the notebook, right? It's because they have made a very conscious decision to work at it to grow together. They know that, hey, I love this person and that's a great foundation, but I also know love is a choice and love is a verb and love is an action. And in order for me to really, really be a giving person and also be very clear with my community, I need to learn skills mm. in order to do that. Think about this for a minute. I said this on Instagram. It created a little bit of fire, but I'm okay with that. Think of any license that we get or any certification that we get in order for you to be a personal trainer, there's probably a company out there or an organization that certified you says, yes, Ben is, you know, he's equipped, he's qualified, he can do this work. 
right? In order for you to get a driver's license, you have to study, you have to take a written test and then a practical test. Then they give you your license. You want to get married, you go pay for it. Here's your marriage license. Think about for a moment, if everyone was required, every couple was required of like, you want to get married? Well, you got to take three classes on conversational excellence and communication skills. After that, you can apply. So number one, successful marriages are not something that we wing. Successful marriages are something we work at and we learn. The other thing too is, is that successful, this might ruffle some feathers. If you want to have a successful marriage, your priorities are you're married first and you're a parent second. Now, a lot of people might be like, well, my kids come first. Well, if your kids come first, think of it this way. If your kids come before your spouse, now I'm not saying in an emergency situation for the love of God. Okay. Let's not, let's not take this to extremes. Like the, the extreme people listening to this podcast be like, well, what if there's something needed? Yeah, right. well, of course, if there's something needed, you go take care of it. Right. But as far as like the way my wife and I view our relationship, we've been married 20 years and we're at the best place we probably have ever been. And it keeps, as soon as I think we can't get any closer or better or more in love, we keep getting better. But here's where, here's where I think it, if my priority were my boys, I'm robbing them of years of them observing what it means to have a successful, highly functional, beautiful communication foundation with their mom. Like they learn skills of how to have a functional relationship with a significant other by watching us, right? By how my wife and I treat each other, by how we communicate with each other, by how we love each other. My kids are always like, they always smile. Cause I tell, I tell my wife every day how beautiful I think she is or how much I love her in front of my kids. And she does the same and they love that. So and they, they actually know their mom comes first. They come second by a fraction. Okay. So that's marriage. And then kids, here's the other thing too. Your wife and your kids have the same three basic needs. And this is where, where I'm going to simplify everything of how you can really level up and elevate these relationships. Your wife and kids need to feel seen. They need to feel heard and they need to feel safe. So like seen, right? I always like to, if I see my kids do something great, which I try to point out something to them every single day, I praise them for a job well done, or I praise them for something, right? So I see them. Yeah. I also course correct too. Like I'm not blind. Like if they're doing something wrong, we get in front of that too. But, you know, to make them feel seen, like I was working out with Mason the other the other night and I didn't know what he was doing. He was behind me and I got up off the machine. He was helping an older woman figure out a machine. I on the way home, I was like, hey man, I don't want to tell you this just in passing. That was amazing. That showed true kindness, true generosity. You stopped what you were doing. You helped somebody who needed help. Good for you, man. That's amazing, right? But that makes them feel seen. It makes them feel loved. Mm-hmm. Heard, right? What I want to tell men in your audience and everybody who listens to this podcast, you don't have to solve every problem of your kids. You don't have to solve every problem of your wife. In, in the accelerator, as you know, we have a training called Validate Like a Boss. And what that means is just simply be able to state what it is that they're probably feeling, validate where they're at. And that sounds overwhelming. Who wouldn't be overwhelmed? Tell me more about what's going on versus like rushing in and trying to solve everybody's problems. So being heard, right? is labeling somebody's feeling, whether it's a good feeling or a bad feeling. And I use those terms very loosely because emotions are neither good nor bad. They just are, but people associate negative feelings with negative feelings and positive ones with positive ones. When you make your wife and kids feel seen and heard, well, guess what? Those are two dominoes. They they usually feel pretty safe. 
because if they know that they're seen and heard by you, they feel pretty safe. So here's what conversational excellence probably looks like. And there's a psychological reason behind every one of these questions. From, from here on out, if you're listening to this podcast, what I encourage you to do is never ask anybody in your family or anyone in general, how was your day? It is one of the shittiest questions on the planet because it's going to, and not because you're a shitty person, not because you're a shitty husband or not because you're a shitty parent. It's just a shitty question. That's all it really is. It's, there are better questions out there. So here's, here's what I ask my kids. What was the best part of your day? I'll reword that question 20 different ways. What was a high point moment for you today? What's something you're proud of today? What's something that made you laugh today? You know, just bringing them to a point in their day where they have gratitude. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what's beautiful about that moment. Everyone is usually defaulted to tell you what their problems were that day. But if you can help bring someone to a high point moment every single day, even if it's minor, like even if my kids tell me, uh, recess, okay, great. What was, what was it about recess? I got to get outside. It was sunny today. Yeah, but that felt really good. Okay. Even if it's something simple like that, but it's all about matching their energy, right? And matching that like, dude, that's amazing. You must feel amazing, right? And sometimes the story, like my 17-year-old came home yesterday. He got 100 on his biology test. He was like beside himself with pride and how proud he was of himself. And of course, we were like, holy crap, dude, high five. That was amazing. You studied so hard for it. When you can share, when you can bring somebody that you love to a high point moment that they're proud of, think about that. From a, from a human psychology standpoint, me and you, when we tell somebody, oh my God, you'll never guess what happened today. Check this out. You're so excited to tell that other person and how that other person receives it is, is based on our connection. So if we're, if we're like, yeah, cool. Next question. Right. Don't do that. Match their energy and connect with them in that way. Second question is this. This is where we get to a skill set that we teach called psychological safety. What'd you fail at today? Now I'll reword that question several different ways. Like what challenged you today? What was something that was hard for you today? What was something that you had to grit your teeth and somehow, some way you got through it, right? I'll, I'll ask that question several different ways, but what I'm trying to get to is what was something they had to work their ass off for today? Maybe they fell on their face. Maybe they failed that. Now, here's where you can get beautiful reps in where with your kids, where they get really comfortable telling you the uncomfortable stuff. Every single parent listening to this podcast of mine, I think it's safe to say, we don't want to raise kids that are going to drink underage. But the stats are out there that most people, most adults have drank underage. So I'm not saying you're a bad parent if your kid decides to do that, but here's the, here's the rub. Your kid at some point is going to have a choice to make if they're at a party drinking underage. Do I call my dad? Do I call my mom? Or do I roll the dice and wing it and drive home and hopefully they never find out? Well, guess what? I don't want my kid to do that. Right. I want my kid to feel safe with that. He can call me and dad's going to come pick him up, right? We'll have a discussion about it, but you know, I'm going to come pick him up. When you ask that second question and you provide an environment of psychological safety where challenges and failures and discussions are welcomed and not shamed, not blamed, not guilted. That's where a beautiful connection happens. I'll give you a quick example. My 17 year old, I asked him a question not too long ago, we had a one-on-one date. I said, Hey, and, and you know, this question, cause you, you've been trained in it. Hey, I don't have any agenda for asking you this question. And I don't even know what you're going to tell me. And this was all true. I had no clue what my 17 year old was going to tell me. I was like, but is there anything you want to share with me that might be hard for you to share that you might be holding back that you think I might not understand? 
Now, what I basically did was I, I'm about ready to manufacture psychological safety in a connection with my kid to tell me something really freaking hard. And I saw the look on his face. He's just like, I do have something to tell you. I'm like, okay, what, what is it? Again, voice tone. What is it? Versus like, what? What are you going to tell totally. me? Like that, I might as well just shut the front door in his face. Be like, okay, cool. What, what do you got? Dad, I don't know how to tell you this. Do you remember when I was sick two weeks ago and I had COVID and I was out of school for four days? I was like, yeah, of course. You're really sick. Well, I don't know how to tell you this, but I, I felt really behind in school. I've got seven missing assignments and I have two Fs in classes right now. And my son doesn't get those kind of grades. Mm. And I'm like, now part of me is like, okay, I've seen you on your phone and I know you're kind of screwing around. I know you're not working really hard. You know, so there's that part of me. It's like, what do you mean? Like you have two Fs. Right. We don't get Fs. Like what? You know, right. just boom, boom. Right. So, but instead I was like, oh, I was like, I bet that took a little courage to tell me, huh? Tell me more about that. What's going on? So when I praise him for the courage, right? That connects us. Mm-hmm. And when I say, tell me more, that's an invite versus like, why do you have two Fs? Don't use the word why. Tell me more is the invite, right? So then he started sharing with me and what he was telling me was making a crap ton of sense, right? He was like, dad, he's like, every time I feel like I'm on a treadmill with my assignments, every time I get three missing assignments done, I get three new ones. And every time I get those done, I get three new ones. It's like, I cannot get ahead no matter what I do. And because of that, my grades are suffering. And this is where you don't have to lecture. I don't have to go in and save the day. And I told him, I was like, you know, Ethan, I was like, story I'm telling myself is you were in this situation last semester. You missed five days of school last semester because you were really sick. And the same thing happened. You actually had two Fs and I can't remember how many assignments you had missing, but what did you do at that point in time to get ahead? And he just started thinking, he was just like, yeah, I remember that. He goes, I actually stayed up an hour late every night. I got up a half hour early. And then instead of eating lunch with my friends, I would go into the auditorium where there was nobody. I'd put on my AirPods, listen to music and just freaking hammer through my assignments. And I'm like, well, sounds like that plan worked. What's stopping you from doing that now? He's like, I never thought of it. I was like, well, what do you think of it? He's like, I think it's a great idea. I was like, I do too. What do you say you do that? How can I support you? What feels right to you? And he's like, I don't think I need support. I think I'm just going to go do that. Well, three days later, he was all caught up. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to lecture. I didn't have to save the day. All I did was provide him an environment where he could articulate the problem and then he could articulate the solution. So that's the second question. And then the third and final question is the easiest and it's the shortest. It's what are you most excited about tomorrow? What are you most excited about tomorrow? I like to call that the Netflix to be continued question because Netflix and all these other, you know, Yellowstone and Breaking Bad, they always have this hook point at the end of every single episode to where you almost can't stop yourself from watching, you know, I'll just watch the first five minutes. And then eight hours later, you're binge watching, right? Well, that question is your next conversation. So if my son tells me, hey, dad, man, I got the fitness test tomorrow in gym. And I, I really want to break the record in, push-up, in the push-up contest. I'm like, great, man. That's awesome. So what do you think I'm going to ask him the first thing? First, when he walks in the door, I'll be like, dude, how'd the fitness test go? Interested husbands and fathers are interesting. You show interest versus like, what was the best part of your day? If I know that hook point, mm-hmm. if I know what, was, what he's looking most forward to, I'm going to ask him about that. Because that shows like, man, I'm in your life, dude. I am all in. I'm here. And... This is a connected relationship that's important to me. Those three questions, best part of your day, most challenging, or what'd you fail at? What are you excited about tomorrow? Those three questions alone, with all the psychology that it gave you, that is definitely a launching pad for your listeners. 
you know, when, when we approach this topic that probably is terribly uncomfortable for a lot of people, think about kind of setting the stage for success. And when are we going to have these conversations? We're going to sit down and I'm going to, and kind of, I'm, I'm going to have a sort of this agenda of how we're going to talk through things. And then you and I both know that with kids, it's, it's never going to happen that way. And so what I've found the most power in is all of these little moments throughout the day, driving them to school, driving my son to jujitsu, having the conversation in the car after jujitsu, taking the girls to uh, their volleyball game or picking up my daughter from her music lesson. It's just these little five to 10 minute bouts of being able to infuse these, these sort of probing questions that gives them the opportunity to share on a much deeper level than how was your day? It was good. How was school? It was good. Right. And so I love that you shared those with us. And the more times I hear you talk about those, you know, the more excited I get to continue to infuse these into my day-to-day rituals with, with my family. I'd be remiss if, if I didn't spend just a minute um, hearing from you, and I want to respect your time, of course, but uh, hearing how you've leveraged health and fitness uh, for yourself over the years, as well as the example that you've set for your kids, because Obviously, uh, you guys are physically fit um, and, and fitness is a priority and nutrition is a priority for you guys. How have you uh, made that a priority over the years? I know what, number one, I know what it feels like to be overweight. I struggled with my weight all through my childhood until I was about 17. Uh, 17, I found fitness and I've, I've been at it for 30 years now. Fitness for me is therapy. Fitness for me is mental and emotional clarity and it's a stress relief. Like I don't, I would not be where I'm at without my foundation of fitness. I think um, fitness is an incredible way and a healthy way to manage through things, right? And to to do hard things and to lift heavy things. And it it's it's incredibly therapeutic on so many levels. And what I'll tell you from a family perspective, like here's what I'll tell you: I have a 15 year old and a 17 year old. My 17-year-old just got his license not too long ago, so he's able to drive places. My boys, my two older boys, this pat, this has literally just happened this past weekend. My wife and I, all of us were sitting here at home, and my, my 15-year-old was like, I'm so bored. I want to go do something. And I was like, well, what do you want to go do? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. Like All my friends are busy and this and that. And I was like, you do know your older brother. Like You guys can go somewhere. Like You don't have to be here. You can go do something. These boys... At 8 p.m. on a Saturday night, drove to the gym and worked out together. And they do that all the time. They work out together all the time. Now, working out from a family perspective has always been a very big deal for our whole family. It's one of the ways we bond. I train with my older boys. I train with my little boys. I do Mm -hmm. on Sundays, I do Facebook lives in our community where I'm training with my nine and seven year old and I'm not talking about like deadlifts or cleans. Like we, they actually create the workout. So they're like, we're going to do 10 pushups. We're going to do 10 burpees. We're going to do some jumping jacks. So like, we just write it, you know, and they do it. But I think it's, um, as long as, especially when your kids are younger, if they have smiles on their face and we're having fun and we're cheering each other on, they'll find a love for fitness. Versus mm-hmm. like trying to blast them in a workout. Don't do that. Oh my God, you're, you'll steer them the other direction. And when it comes to teenagers, I'll, I'll share this quick story. So my 15-year-old, 
last year on December 31st in 2021. He told me on that, on that night, cause we were, it's his birthday the next day. So we stay up late that night. He blows out his first candle and what the Hagners do every new year's Eve is we sit around at the table and we talk about what are the, what is team Hagner going to do this year? What big things are we going to do? And my 15 year old who was 14 at the time looked at me, he goes, I want to do a bodybuilding show with you. And I'm like, dude, you're 14. Like they don't have bodybuilding shows for 14 year olds. He's like, yeah, they do. I looked it up. They actually have a bracket 13 to 19. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. And he goes, and there's a show on April 29th. It's, and it's only three hours from here. He's and, and he's like, I want to, I want to do that. I want to do it with you. And I'm like, I looked at the calendar. I was like, Mason, that's 16 weeks away. And I was like 195 pounds at the time, probably 20% body fat. I wasn't, I wasn't fat, but I wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't show ready. And he was just like, I want to do that. And I'm like, dude, I was like, I don't know if I can be ready for that. He's like, we get to train every day together. I was like, I'm in. That's all I needed to hear. And here's what I'll tell you. We went on that journey together at six, 16 week prep for that show. My son got second in both of his categories. He won the best poser of the whole show. He won the best presentation, which blew my freaking mind. That's uh, awesome. I did pretty well. I got second in two of my categories and fourth in another. I could have given two shits what I got. Right. After we did that, there was such a sense of accomplishment. And my, I looked at my son. I was like, hey, what was the best part of this whole journey? And he was like, winning second and winning best poser of the show. I was like, yeah, me too. I was like, I, I thought that was cool too. He's like, what about you? And dude, with tears in my eyes, I go, Mason, I could have, I could have carried less what I got. I was like, it was the 150, 160 hours that I got to spend with you. And the conversations that we had in that gym, driving to the gym, coming home from the gym, lifting heavy stuff, working together, training together, going on this journey together. Something I'll never forget. So fitness for that point for us was this beautiful journey. Not that you have to do a bodybuilding show with your kids or anything like that, but if you can train with your kids in some way, shape or form, oh my God, it's not necessarily about the weights that you're doing. No, it's, it's, it's the connection, the conversations you have between the sets, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny you brought that up and, uh, we were at the gym. We took the whole, the whole family to the gym on Sunday. And so my kids, the girls are 13 and 11, my son's seven. We have a home gym, so I'm, you know, obviously training all the time and, and, yeah. and they're always witnessing it and coming in and they'll mess around or do pull-ups or push-ups or we'll do, you know, family workouts here and there, but it's just sort of been present and I've never forced it over the years. I always ask, you want to come in, work out with dad and come in, we'll write a workout. Occasionally they will more often than not, they won't. Uh, on Sunday, we found ourselves all at the gym together. I had a leg workout, so I needed to use some of the equipment. But what was so cool, Larry, about the experience was the autonomy that they had in the gym totally. to the degree that, you know, like it started out, I was doing my workout, my wife was doing hers, kids were down playing basketball at first, and they came upstairs to the weight room. And then before you know it, my daughter's, my 13-year-old daughter's on the leg press. My 11-year-old, she's doing the assisted pull-ups. My son's out on the patio doing the punching bag. And then they're pushing each other in the sled. And it was like just watching them do their thing, not complain about being bored, but just really embrace the situation, find the exercise, you know, bouncing the ball against the rebounder pushing each other, doing more weight. It really was so cool to kind of step back and be like, they are learning. They are seeing. 
right? All of the things that we do, they're reflecting those behaviors, whether we like it or not. And so having the opportunity for for those of you that are listening, of giving yourselves the opportunity to just prioritize yourself and know that by virtue of doing that, you are impacting everyone around you. You are making an impact on your children's behavior, which I would say is perhaps one of the most profound things that we can do to teach them how to live a life of health and fitness. And then similarly is you have, just based on this conversation, there's so much power in our ability to, one, just listen, right? Just listen intently and be intent in our presence with our family members and our in our marriage with our kids sure. right as well as being open to communicating even in those little moments of having the power of the ability to communicate and and then just being okay knowing that you're not going to be awesome at it if you've never worked at it it's this ongoing process just like business, just like fitness, right? But with everything that you're sharing, it's obviously very, very doable. And so with that, I want to um, have you share where people can find more about you and Dad Edge and go from there. For sure, man. So you can, you can find everything that we're doing um, at thedadedge.com. And then all of our social is the Dad Edge. So IG, I'm not hard to find, the Dad Edge. Facebook, the dad edge. Uh, luckily, I don't have a very common name, uh, Larry Hagner, H-A-G-N-E-R. We have a lot of different free resources. If you want to know more about what the skill that I talked about today, which is just three questions, right? But but we, there's a lot more to that. I have a, a free video training on why generative questions connect us. Why generative questions will actually elevate your your marriage. It's like the it's like fitness. It's like the lowest hanging fruit you can possibly do in in any relationship. But you can find that free resource at thedadage.com forward slash 25 questions because I'll, I'll give you the psychology behind it and also 25 questions. Like literally you can just go use over dinner with your family, right? Or with your wife, but lots of free resources. We've got some online uh, courses as well. One on elevating uh, patients, also creating extraordinary marriage. That's an online course we have. And then of course our mastermind, you know, if, you, if you're a business owner or if you're a you know, a nine to fiver, uh, you can go to the dadedge.com forward slash alliance. When you fill out the application, the actual, the application will actually do the work for you. So when you identify as a business owner, it will, it will go to that, to that program, the accelerator, which you're a part of. If you're not a business owner, the application will do that. It'll go towards the non-business owner program that we have, but th that's the best way to connect with us in any way, shape or form. You, and you know what? You can always always DM me too. I'm never, I'm never, I answer every single email personally. I answer every single DM personally. So if you ever have any questions or if there's anything I can do to help you out, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And you know, it's frequent on this podcast that I talk about the power of coaching and putting ourselves in situations where we're going to be challenged, where we're going to have the opportunity to develop skills that we wouldn't otherwise uh, be able to glean from people who have you know, forged the path ahead of us. And while normally I'm speaking to obviously health and fitness and the fact that 
It's something that I've heavily invested in for my entire career, both in academia as well as just with mentors and advisors and in mastermind groups. Um, I always talk about how by virtue of doing that, when you're leveling up, and, and you know this as well, is even just leveling up in your health and fitness, it permeates over into every other area of your life. Having taken the steps to first and foremost acknowledge that there were areas of my life that I wasn't really excelling at and making concerted efforts by virtue of you know being in your group as an example of having these tough conversations, acknowledging where I do have faults and making concerted actions to make improvements, to get better, to do better, to show up in a bigger and better way, well, equally it's, it's permeating over obviously not just in terms of my marriage and my, my, my relationship with my kids, but into business, into, into life as well. And so I want to thank you for that, um, for the opportunity and share with our listeners that regardless of what it is that you're trying to get better at, you need to invest in your success. You need to force yourself to show up. And in my experience and in my opinion, that means making that investment, whether it's hiring a nutrition or a fitness coach, hiring a mentor, putting yourself in a mastermind group of surrounding yourself with other people that are where you want to be, frankly, that are going to challenge you to step outside your comfort zone so that there's no turning back, right? You got to burn the ships, so yeah. to speak. You do. I totally agree with that. Um, and, and I love you being a part of the group. Uh, you've, you've added so much value to our men and um, just you showing up, being there, being engaged, sharing your wins, sharing where you're struggling, that helps us all. So thank you for all you're doing and, and the audience that you serve. And what I can tell you for those of you guys who listen to Ben's podcast is that this man truly does this from his heart with, with, without a doubt. I've gotten to know him on just a very deep level. He does this out of, out of just the gold that's in this man's heart. He wants nothing but the best for his clients, for his listeners. Um, because I know how much joy and satisfaction and fulfillment it brings him when his people and his clients are winning. So if you're listening to this podcast, you are absolutely in the right place. Love it, brother. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. We will talk soon. You bet, brother. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple. 